1 John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God. And such we are. For this reason the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him, because we will see Him just as He is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Everyone who practices, who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that He appeared in order to take away sins. In Him there is no sin. No one who bides in Him sins. No one who sins has seen Him or knows Him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as He is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. By this the children of God and... The children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who do, nor the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another not as Cain who was of the evil one and slew his brother. And for this reason, he, for this reason did he slay him, because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, 
Let us not love with words or with the tongue, but in deed and truth. We know by this that we are of the truth and will assure our hearts before Him in whatever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, We have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. This is His commandment that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded us. The one who keeps His commandments abides in Him and He in Him. We know by this that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He has given us. May the Lord add His blessing today to both the reading and the hearing of His Word. Will you pray with me? Fathers, we come before You right now. We do thank You this day for Your written Word. We thank You this day that You have shown us Your great love in such a powerful way that it has transformed us. We just come before you right now asking that you would send forth your Holy Spirit to fill this sanctuary full of your presence. May you speak your truth into our hearts in a powerful way that changes us more and more like you. So we give this time over to you. Have your way in our hearts, Lord. We pray it in Jesus' name. And amen. John says, How great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called His children. He's trying to get us to understand the awesomeness of the love of God that has been given to us. Not only given to us, but actually placed in us. It's been bestowed upon us and it is so powerful that it fills us but you know if we don't think about that great love and we don't allow it to transform us we will in no way reflect the fact that we have received that love and again I see people in church that are hard People in church that are just kind of numb. And that's not how we are supposed to be. We are supposed to be people who are walking in the power of that great love that has been given to us and has been bestowed upon us. And in doing that, it has positioned us to be children of God. You think about how much you love your own kids. Well, God can beat all of that in the way He feels about us. Because we are human in all of our ways, and He is divine in all of His, and it surpasses even the greatest of our abilities to love. And that's how He feels about you. For this reason the world does not know us because it did not know Him. 
You know, yes, the world can tell us about Jesus, but it doesn't know him. For if they knew him, they would be transformed by that knowledge. It's one thing to know about something, and it's another thing to have experiential knowledge. Head knowledge is one thing that you can get out of a book. But experiential knowledge brings you to that place that you know, that you know, that you know. And God wants to bring us into experiential knowledge. He wants a relationship with us that is founded and rooted in love. And that it is one that is able to overlook all of our shortcomings and not leave us in them, but to lift us up out of those shortcomings and to empower us to live a victorious life in Him so that we can love others the way He loves us. It's to be the hallmark of a believer. It's to be the fruit, the evidence that we are born again. John goes on to say, Beloved, we now are the children of God, and it has not appeared as of yet what we will be, but we know that when He appears, we will be like Him. We are the children of God. And yet, you and I, in so many ways, struggle to be like Him. Because there's a war going on inside us. Our flesh continues to want to have its way. But the indwelling Spirit of God wants to transform us into the likeness of Christ in every way. So we struggle to see Him in full. He is, is through His Word, He is revealing Himself in an ever-increasing way for those who will study it and will allow it to speak to their heart. Through His abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, you and I receive revelation of who He is. Revelation of who He is. But if you're not spending time in the presence of the Holy Spirit, you're not spending time nurturing your relationship with the third person of the Trinity, you're just going to fall short in that area. And you wonder why certain people seem to have a relationship with the Lord that you don't have. Well, it's not because God is playing favorites with them, I can tell you that. His intention is for you to have everything, everything that a child of God is supposed to have. If you're not walking in it, the problem lies with you, not with Him. It stems from the fact that you're not seeking Him out. You're not walking in the obedience, I mean, you're not walking in obedience to the light that has already been imparted into your life. I'm not sure that we truly understand how important that last phrase is, that we walk in the light that has already been imparted to us. We keep wanting God to get, take us to the next level. When 
you and I so many times are following, falling short in that which has already been revealed to us. To the truth that we have already been given. But if that truth kind of doesn't line up with the way we want to live, we just kind of overlook that passage. I mean, if it makes me feel uncomfortable, if it cramps my style, I just overlook that passage. I overlook that part of God's will for my life. Oh, but Lord, give me your power. It says, walk in obedience to the truth I've already given you. You're my child. I've, I've shared with you my truth. I've shown you my character. I've revealed myself to you. I've made myself known. Walk in it. When he appears, we will be like him. A lot of Christians are waiting for that. They just, Jamie, you know, in this life we're just, we're just not going to make it there. We're not ever going to get to that point. Well, I can promise you you're not going to if you're not working on it. If you're not dying to self, if you're not walking the sanctified life, and by that I mean the life that is set apart from the world to the purposes of God... If that's not the life you want, yes, in this life you're not going to look anything like Jesus. You're just not going to. I know so many people are counting on when He appears and in a twinkling of an eye they're going to be transformed into His likeness. That is a truth. But that is not where His heart is for you today. His heart is for you today to begin the process. He wants... Real love means that you're willing to make a sacrifice. Because he gave us a love that was willing to sacrifice everything so that we could be in relationship with him. And yet we are only willing to sacrifice to a certain point. And if it doesn't quite fit how we want to live, we'll overlook that. It says, when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. And I tell you, in this life, he wants us to see him as he is. He wants that to be so. But I know in this life, there is still yet some kind of a veil there that hinders us. But I tell you, he he says this, if you seek, you will find. But if you're not seeking, you won't be able to get any clearer vision than what you presently have. You will continue to walk with some form of obstructed vision as to who Jesus is, as to who He's called you to be. And you will walk in a lack of faith that you're able to do it. And you're willing to accept the compromise that Satan is trying to get you to walk in in this life. But the Apostle John did not want the church to walk in compromise. Satan wants us to compromise. 
to say, well, you know, I can't quite get there in this life, so, I mean, I just accept that and I go on. If you're willing to accept that, you're going to miss so many of the blessings that God has already put in your account. It has your name on it. The things that He has longed for you to accomplish in His name. Lives that will not be touched because you are choosing to live a compromised life. To satisfy your flesh. Because in this church it won't be because of ignorance. Now some churches maybe that's the excuse they can throw up. But it won't be because of ignorance here. He goes on to say, And everyone who has this hope fixed on Him. Your hope has to be fixed on Him. It can't be on anything else. Your hope can't be on your preacher. Your hope can't be on your church. Your hope can't be on your family. Your hope has to be fixed on Him because pure, everyone whose hope is fixed on Him, that person purifies himself just as He is pure. That means you are working on that process of purifying yourself. You're not just expecting God to come in and zap you into perfection. Real love is evident by the fact that you're willing to die to your old nature. That you're willing to die to your old nature. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he, Jesus, is pure. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness and you know that he appeared in order to take away sins and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. You know, we say, yes, Jesus, I know you. I know you. I mean, I attended church every week. I taught Sunday school. I sat on the board. I was on the building committee. But do you know him? Remember, the Pharisees claim to know God. But when God stood in front of them in the person of Jesus, they couldn't even recognize Him. Don't think it can happen in the church. Don't think that it was just the Jews that had the problem. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous, speaking of Jesus and the Father. The one who practices sin is of the devil, 
For the devil has sinned from the beginning. But the Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Sin separated us from our Heavenly Father. And it started in the garden, but it yet continues every day in our personal lives when we choose to conduct a a part of our life in sin. And say, God's grace has got it covered. His grace covers it while you're in the midst of the struggle. But if you're not even struggling to come out of it, and you're willfully sinning, well, let's just say, when I walk in those shoes, I don't like being there. That's not a safe place to remain in. His Word has come to inform us and to cause us to recognize our true condition. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. His seed abides in him. Everything we get from God comes in seed form. And He plants it in us. His love has been planted in us. And it is supposed to grow as we mature in Christ and become something so much more than it was in the beginning. But if you want to keep walking around as a babe in diapers and sucking on a bottle, then that's the extent of your love is going to be, is right there. But He's called you and I to maturity. And there are parts of the Word that is tough as any meat out there. And you have to chew on it a while. And you have to realize that it's got your name written on it. That He's calling you by name and saying, this is for you. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to abide in my love? Are you going to abide in my word? Are you going to practice? No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin. Now that doesn't mean that you're not going to occasionally stumble. It's talking about practicing habitual sin. I want you to understand that. It's talking about habitual sin. Habitual sin is one in which you have determined yourself that you're going to continue to walk in. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. He had to add that last phrase, didn't he? Loving our brother. Now, I hope you realize that that is a little bigger than your blood relation. 
just in case you missed that, I thought I should add that. He says, For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Then he talks about Cain. Cain's heart was not right. Cain was going through the motions of loving God. He was offering his sacrifice. Giving, bringing his offering to God and God did not accept it. Why? Because his heart was not right. His motives were not pure. Going through the motions in no way impresses God because He looks right through you and sees the very heart. He knows the intent. And in Cain was hatred. A hatred that was spawned by jealousy and pride. And hatred... When that seed is allowed to grow and to complete that which it is going to accomplish leads to murder. And that's what happened. And Cain the scriptures say that Not as Cain, who was of the evil one, and slew his brother. For this reason did he slay him, because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. You know, when you and I look at what he did, we'd say, Come on, God. But God was looking at his heart, not the outward motions. He was looking at his heart. You and I might have accepted Cain's offering. But God saw through him. Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. For we know that you have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And then these wonderful words here in verse 16. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Jesus laid down his life for us. Now, John's not saying that you have to die a physical death. He's talking about that you're willing to sacrifice Lay aside all of the things in your life that are your wants and your wishes. When God, from time to time, asks us to make a sacrifice on behalf of a brother. Don't think it won't cost you. It will cost you some resources. It will cost you time. It may cost you even a whole lot more. And you may say, I'm not willing to pay it. 
Again, God knows your heart. You may look really good on the outside, but He knows your heart. He goes on to say here, Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. We're to love indeed by our actions, by our actions and in truth. Truth is an important thing, that you and I do it from the heart. That it's not just things for show, that it's not just lip service, but it's from the heart because we have allowed His love to penetrate us and to transform us and to bring us into new life. (coughs) And then listen to this. We will know by this that we are of the truth and will assure our hearts before Him. You and I need to have our hearts assured. The first benefit of, of, of being a believer is the salvation, the gift of salvation that we have. And this gift of salvation is one that covers it all. It is complete in all things. And it should assure our hearts that we know that we belong to Him. He doesn't want us to have a lack of assurance. He wants us to know that we are saved. Why? Because He lives in us. And His presence is assuring us in our heart that we belong to Him. And the fruit is evident in our lives by our actions, by our words, and by the way we love Verse 22 says, Whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. Sometimes we wonder why our prayers don't get answered. He is looking through us. He sees our innermost. Those areas that He's been speaking to us about and we are choosing not to yield to Him. We are delaying some of the things that He longs to give us. We're delaying them, hindering them. That He longs to give us. That we walk in disobedience willfully so many times and then wonder why God isn't doing His part. This is His commandment, that you believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, love one another just as He commanded us. The one who keeps His commandments abides in Him, and He in Him. The Lord abides in us when we abide in Him. Why? Because we're connected. 
You know, I've seen people say all the time, well, this mother and this daughter are tied at the hip. Uh, The Lord wants to have that connection with us. That when we walk into the room, guess what? The Lord just entered. Because He abides in us. We know this, that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He has given us. Because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness to Jesus. He jumps up and down and shouts, Amen! He bears witness to Jesus. It's my heart's desire that you all experience this to the max. Keep praying for me that I get there. That we walk in the fullness of His plan. That we live a transformed life through His great love. That His commandments dwell in us because we abide in Him. That is the proof that we love Him. That we keep His commandments. Let's pray. Father, we thank You today for the power of Your Word. We thank You today for the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit here with us this morning and in our lives. We pray today that the work that You have begun in our lives would be brought to completion. Those things that You have planted in us in seed form, Lord, may they come to maturity. May good fruit be borne out in our life. May it be evident to all to see. May our lives speak loudly of Jesus. May our actions line up with our words. And may our words line up with your word. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in our lives. Have your way in our lives. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. To you.